on tonight's Locked On Twins. We're going to come full circle with the questions we need to see the Minnesota Twins answer. This is part four, the final part. We'll talk about what do the Twins need to do in Fort Myers before they head north. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, we're back again for Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And he's Dave Brown, at answer Dave Brown in the tweets, Dave Brown in the streets, and Dave wears socks in the sheets. Mr. Dave Brown, how are we doing? We're pretty good. I I have a hole in my deck, but other than that, I'm all right. Well, that's not a euphemism either. There's a literal hole in your deck, so... Uh, hopefully that is a temporary problem with a permanent solution, but, uh, what, what's need next orange cones in the meantime, <clears throat> say it again. We need some orange cones or something in the meantime. Don't step this away. Yeah. Nope. That, uh, that's probably a good idea. By the way, thanks for making locked on twins. Your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on the YouTubes as well. And of course, as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today, and it's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. They've been doing different Locked On baseball shows on that channel recently and i think today's was the rangers so i'm eager and excited about the potential for us to get on there as well by the way today's show brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on for 20 bucks off your first purchase now dave i had a couple different st paul saints stories come mm-hmm. to my attention here recently um what are they up to so First and foremost, this was actually released earlier today. Uh, Dateline, St. Paul, Minnesota, as you might expect. Um, The Twins, or the Saints rather, announced that they will upgrade the current netting to go along with additional netting. So they're upgrading behind home plate, first and third base dugout. They're going 34 feet long and 29 feet high down the baselines. The right field line will taper for 152 feet, 154 feet down the left field line. Um, So the first base and third base lines and the tapered netting down the right field and left field lines are new for 2024. They'll also add two new poles to reinforce those tapered nets. And so it'll be made from three different materials, uh, nylon, knotted Dyneema, and ultra cross knotless Dyneema. So the squares are a one and three quarter inch. Really all this is saying is the netting is going to go up in early March, so a couple weeks here, and will be uh, put in place when the Saints open up on Friday, March 29th against the Columbus Clippers, who is the AAA affiliate of the Guardians. And one other thing to take away from that, that'll be the first ever home game for the St. Paul Saints played in March. So a couple different things going on there, but we obviously know uh, this is probably more of an issue from five, six years ago, but expanded netting was surprisingly polarizing 
And I, I'm still not sure why, because honestly, you can see the game and people are protected, but apparently that's an affront to uh, some guys and gals out there. Some people think that uh, it's your own fault if you get hit with a screaming line drive. So I would say, uh, you know, it's it's better to be it, it is better to be safe than sorry. And it's uh, it's not a big deal. I mean, I find myself at games where there's netting and maybe there there wasn't before, uh, you know, hoping for like a pop up or something, you know, for a foul ball, but also glad that. Uh, you don't necessarily have to worry about a, a screamer coming at your face all the time or your kids diving on your kids or whatever to protect them. So that's not what the, the game should be about. Yeah, it's, it's good. You don't need to be the Secret Service pr protecting the president when, yeah. uh, you know, old uh, Carlos Correa hits a rocket down the third baseline or something like that. So that's that's good. And also, I always thought like, Hey, cool. You got out of the way, but that might mean somebody behind you didn't, you know, sure. it's, it's not only about you, you know, if you can duck, that still exposes either the seat behind you or a person behind you who may not have reacted the same way as you. And it's just a whole can of worms. It's like, how can safety be controversial? But in today's world, it, um, it can be, I don't know. The players are on the field and they, they have gloves. So, uh, it's kind of like, you know, uh, people who complain about, uh, masks. Well, I mean, if if doctors performing surgery on you or whatever are going to wear masks in an operating room, I think it's all right for uh, regular people to wear them too for reasons of safety. But people uh, get on their high horse about weird things sometimes. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I mean, if it's what you want to do, go for it because uh, your safety is paramount to yourself. So, I mean, now when people are wearing them, it's like, you don't really need to say anything. Just go about your business. But here's a fun one. Uh, what's in a name? Saints hold month-long Name the Pig contest presented by the Star Tribune. To what extent are you aware of the St. Paul Saints pig? It is it is ringing a bell faintly, but I'm not, I, I don't remember what this is about. So, basically, the pig is like the ball pig. It's like a mascot, but instead of a ball dog or a ball boy, it's a pig. Right. And the winner gets $50 Saints gift card, VIP Saints tickets, photos with a pig, a pig meet and greet, which I think is the real prize there, and then a first pitch at a Saints game. So um, the Saints ball pig begins with the team on opening day, just a few weeks old and only weighs a few pounds. Um, in 2022, the Twins made or Saints made a midseason trade for a Pig to be named later. Uh, sounds like that's going to happen this year as well. But anyhow, um, they there's a, a site that you can go to. Um, but basically, uh, startribune.com slash name the pig, I believe is it. But it's not hard to find. And I have already submitted Joe Sauer, um, Joe, and then S-O-W-E-R. But I do want to read to you, Dave, do you want to hear the list? going backwards of the, the pigs over the course of the last uh, 30 years? Uh, sure. Is this like uh, the universe, the university of Georgia, the UGA? Is that, is it like that? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's probably pretty close. Um, last year it was mud grant for the first half and squeal on Musk for the second. I don't <laughs> know if I care about the second one as much, but um, 
2022, it was 867530Swine and then Chop Gun Maverib. Yes, that's a Top Gun pun, but right. I'll let that one lie. Uh, Space Ham in 21. This Little Piggy Stayed Home in 20. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to figure this one out. In 19, it was Daenerys Hagarion. I think that's a oh, that's a Harry Potter reference. No, the, the adult one. Um, Game of Thrones. Yes. Okay. Uh, 18. It was Pork Night. 17 was Alternative Fats. 16 was Little Red Porkette. That's a good one. Um, 2015 was Pablo Pegaso. That's pro I like that. 2014 was Stephen Colbor. 2013 was Maclebor. <laughs> 2012 was Kim Lardashian and Chris Humphreys. Kim Lardashian. Yeah, that sounds really mean. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, we're getting closer to the end here. Justin Bebor was 2011. Brat Favre, 2010. Slumhog Millionaire in 2009. Like Bratwurst? Yeah. Brat, Brat Favre, like that? Okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Slumhog Millionaire in 2009. Barack Obama in 2008. Garrison Squealer in 2007. I'm thinking that probably uh, got canceled. 2006 was Bud Squealig. 05 was Ham Solo. 04 was Squeal Diamond. 03 was the notorious P.I.G. slash Piggy Smalls. Right. 02 was a classic. Wilbur. 01 was Kevin Bacon. We're getting close to the end, I swear. 2000 was Hammy Davis Jr. 99 was Hamilton. 98 was The Great Hambino. 97 was Hamlet. 96 was Tobias, which was ahead of its time if you're an Arrested Development fan. 95 was St. Patrick. 94 was St. Paula. And 93 was the saint. I think Little Red Porquette might be my favorite, but I'm also a big uh, Prince fan, so I might be a little biased. I like, um, I was thinking of maybe like, how about S Scott Baker and for uh, like the old twins right-hander? So you do what? Scott, like Bacon, but Scott Baker. Oh, Scott Bacon, yeah. I, I feel like it may not be timely enough, but other than that, yeah, what Scott Bacon. Made it timely. The nice thing is you can also you can submit I think five different answers, mm -hmm. and then um, you have to wait like an hour between them or something like that. But they do this with the snowplows for MinDot too. And every year I submit Joe Plower and Justin more snow, and every year they get denied. So, so it's I, really good. It's not good uh, for myself. I mean, it's and, not really good, but it's pretty good. Well, if Joe Plower wasn't going to win in a year where he's going to the Hall of Fame, I may as well just give that up, you know? Justin, more snow. That's uh... Justin, more snow. I mean, I think that's perfect. But anyway, uh, let's give our friends at Game Time a little love. When we come back, we're going to finish up these storylines that are going to need to be answered in spring training before the Twins head north. So our friends at Game Time want you to know that if you are in desperate need of tickets, you can go to the Game Time app or GameTime.co.co, that is. So if you're having a tough time looking for tickets, frustrating buying experience in your market, whether it's the Twin Cities for me or KC for Dave, you don't have to worry. The Game Time app has you covered. They got last minute deals, all in prices, which means there's no bait and switch at the end. 
where you find out that you're paying for all kinds of different secondary fees like some other places we know. And they also have their best price guarantee. So game time can take the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's concerts, it's games, it's shows. It's all kinds of fun things that are coming to your location. Really, you just got to download the app and search because you will be shocked at how many different events are happening that you may not even have any idea is uh, is going on. And you can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know if you're going to be stuck behind you know, a, a big bar in the upper deck. Uh, I don't mean an alcohol bar. I mean literally a steel bar. You can see if you're going to be stuck behind one of them. Find out if you're going to have an obstructed view, all that uh, important stuff that you want to know before you hit a couple taps and buy that ticket. And again, two taps, you have tickets in seconds and you get the all in price and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price no matter what. Because if you find tickets in the same section and row elsewhere for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, we're ready to run into the second segment here. We call it the bullpen and we are here to talk about your storylines for the 2024 Twins and what you need to see answered before they head north from Fort Myers. The first one, let's see, what's a good one here? Uh, let's go with, will Brooks Lee be ready to help on opening day, even if he stays back? Now, that was a Dave submission. And I suspect that means even if he doesn't um, join the team on opening day, will he be pretty much ready if they need him right away? Is that a pretty close assessment to what you were going for? Yes. <laughs> all right and then <laughs> uh we caught him on a fit uh basically though yeah if he if they don't have a spot for him but he's ready i suspect i'm back that, hey uh he will be at or near the front of the line it'll probably I, come down to more like this if they have a spot where they need someone to start for a month you probably look at brooksley if you have something like a situation where it's, you know, a few days or a 10-day stint on the IL, that's more when you probably look for a little more of a temporary solution. But I think, you know, J.P. Morosi said that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are encouraged by how close he is to big league ready. Um, I think he's on track to be helpful to this team fairly quickly. Well, I, I looked, I double-checked his AAA numbers. He's got... Uh, 40, he's got 38 games at AAA, so he he might be able to use a little bit more down there. But I also think that once uh, we go through camp here, he's going to get an opportunity to play a lot of meaningful uh, innings and uh, be ready to go whenever they need him next or want to promote him next. So I think it's a, it's a matter of, uh, you know, does he have a good chance to kind of hit the ground running when he gets promoted, whenever that is? Um, he seems like that kind of prospect, though. You know, there's guys who yeah. may have, like, heavily mechanical swings that they need to get used to or calibrate. At the major league level, there's times where, like, Torrey Hunter looked like he was going to take a while. Byron Buxton took a while. There are certain types of players uh, who 
may not hit the ground running, but it may just be a feature, not a bug. Right. To me, Brooks Lee is, you know, like you take it out of the package and it's pretty much ready, ready made instant offense, instant um, solid player from the jump. That doesn't mean it'll be the case, but if I was to say that about any player, it would probably be him. What's nice about the situation is, you know, it, it, there's no rush. There's no hurry. There's no, at, at the moment, an overwhelming need. You know, if you need uh, somebody else to play third base instead of uh, Royce, you know, you could maybe put Miranda there. He's got experience. Um, yep. You know, you could, uh, th- there's other people around the infield too that, you know, if you need someone at second base, first base, uh, you know, even shortstop, you've got people that can handle those things. So it's, you know, he's going to be playing free and easy and uh, get a chance to, uh, I would Im- probably put in another 40 games at least in triple in A before he needs to come up. But I think you're right that uh, if circumstances do dictate, he's a guy that they could bring up and whenever it happens, he's going to be ready to go. Yeah. And really the only tricky thing is he's not on the 40, but for a guy that caliber, you don't really think about that. Uh, brief aside, because it's something I've thought about in the past, but do you think there's something to the concept of what it's like bringing a guy into a winning or um, environment versus losing? Like, for instance, Aaron Hicks, when he debuted in 2013, it was, you know, it was a tough year for the Twins that year. He came up, a lot of pressure on him, you know, opening day starter uh, in the outfield against Justin Verlander. I'm not saying any of that was wrong or any of that wasn't justified. He had a really nice spring. But do you think in general there is a much, if any, benefit to bringing up a player like Brooksley in this environment as opposed to, let's say, two years ago or 2018 when they weren't bad, but it just was kind of a stale or uh, environment at that time? I, I think the answer is maybe, and I don't know, and it depends on the player. And... uh exactly what they have to go through when they're uh, they're brought up. I think my impression is that it's such a a big deal to a, a person to be brought up that they're kind of in their own little world. And, and baseball is a little different than football or uh, basketball. It's a, it's a team sport, but there's lots of individual stuff going on that doesn't necessarily – it only like indirectly relates to your teammates. Oftentimes, so I feel like if the person is um, capable of sort of sorting through all that and not letting the newness of it and the uh, the bigness of the moment bother them, it does. All that stuff doesn't matter. It's all kind of secondary. Uh, it might make for some, you know, opportunities maybe to win a game or to contribute to a, a winning streak or whatever. Um, but I, I I think it's it's such a I don't want to say a burden, but you've, you've kind of got your mind on making your debut in the major leagues and coming up and doing whatever you can in, in those individual situations. And I don't know how much uh, the team circumstances at first uh, matter or not. I think that's a fair point because, yeah, there's just so much a player is digesting for the first time that trying to parse it out is is virtually impossible and whatever happens to matter to one player may not to another or a lot or a little. So I think there's a lot to it. Uh, before we take a break, I want to get one more in here. Uh, listener of the show, Scott Lindholm wants to know, can Austin Martin be that utility guy? Now 
we've all seen kind of the ebbs and flows. Obviously, a, a super, super great player in college gets drafted, has dealt with some wrist stuff. The bat to ball, as far as we know, is going to be pretty good. But there's questions of, you know, he'll take his walks, but will he hit the ball with any power? And you look at his slugging percentages, and oftentimes it's in the upper threes. 405 last year with a 106 weighted runs created plus. If he doesn't drive the baseball and doesn't have a defensive home that's sturdy, then he does run the risk of being just Nick Gordon reincarnated, which again, I mean, players like that are useful. But the the question of if he was worth being one key part of a trade for Jose Barrios comes into question. I think Martin may get that chance. I don't know if it'll be right away because when you look at the roster projected by roster resource right now, I think they project Jose Miranda on the bench. I'm not sure how much that makes sense with his seeming relative lack of positional versatility. So I could see Martin breaking camp as the 26th man. And honestly, again, bat to ball skills, you drive a couple to the gaps, use some speed. He's stolen 34 bases in, uh, in 2022 when he hit 241. So he has the ability to run. He has the ability to put the bat on the ball. I think I think he can be a better version of Nick Gordon and possibly as soon as this year. Yeah. There's another guy in Austin Martin's case who doesn't have a lot of AAA experience. He does have over 800 plate appearances in AA. So that's, uh, you know, when, you, when you're getting, you know, when you're at AA or higher and we're talking 1,100 plate appearances, that's pretty good. Um, but still, you know, a guy with 50 or 60 games in AAA – maybe could use a little bit more time down there. And the Twins, um, you know, as far as utility guys, they're pretty – I mean, and we're still kind of expecting them to sign another outfielder too. Right. So um, as far as utility guys, backup guys, they're they're covered. Um, I don't know that a, a rookie has to do that with them, considering Farmer and, uh, and Willie and um, – so I, I think the uh, the prospects in the minor leagues are, you know, Brooks Lee, too. Mm-hmm. If they come up, it's going to be to play. You know, it's going to be to start. It's going to be if, uh, you know, Walner fails or if, uh, if somebody has an injury, you know, if Julian struggles in a sophomore year. I think, it's, I think that's what their role is going to be more than um, coming up and, and riding the bench or being a utility guy. Yeah, no, I think that point is, is well taken. Let's take a quick second. We'll talk about FanDuel when we come back. I want to ask you about Joe Ryan, because if he takes a step forward, like I think he can, and I think like maybe you think he can as well, it might help make some of this number two starter angst go away. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NBA is coming back off All-Star Weekend slash, I don't know if you call it NBA All-Star Half Week after, but Thursday we're going to have some ball games. I know I'm getting excited for the second half. Timberwolves to see how closely they can stick to the top of the class in the West. But right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Guy like me, Timberwolves, they've won a lot, so that might be my avenue. But Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. There's quick bets, live, same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. You just got to go check it out. 
Don't take it from me. Hop on your phone, whether you have Apple, Android, all that fun stuff. Get FanDuel. Figure it out. It's super fun to play. And 150 bucks in basically free roll if your first bet wins. Pretty hard to do better than that. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, Dave, we're coming around the mountain and when we come. Um, and my uh, we have three of these left. I'm hopeful we can get through them, but you and I always get a little long-winded. But I'm going to try and be concise. Okay. Is Joe Ryan on the verge of finding another gear or sustaining his 2023 first half gear? The reason I am so bullish on him is we know he had the first half he had. We know he had an injury in the second half. And we know that he worked out this offseason with the idea that he needed something more than a fastball to really solidify his place in this rotation. I think it included a trip to driveline, which it seems like every single big leaguer did this offseason. I'm not sure how they had space for all them. But if he picks up any sort of consistency on, let's say, a slider, this is maybe a, a guy who's going to sneakily be one of the biggest um, improvement stories in the American League. Well, I think we saw it at the beginning of last year, uh, Ryan uh, kind of finding that other gear and uh, greater success. And when you have a, you know, his injury was, uh, as, as they say, a lower body injury in uh, uh, in hockey. Hockey and, parlance. In, in hockey parlance. So if he's, uh, you know, uh, luckier and, honest if something comes up again down there um I, I would expect ryan's full season stats to look a lot more like they were in june and then they ended up being in uh, august or september so uh, you know, i think he's i don't know if he's a if he's number two starter material cert i think he's number three for sure and uh, i expect um maybe an all-star from him. I think that's that's definitely possible. I don't know that it's on it's reasonable to expect him to replace Sonny Gray's production. I think it might surprise people to look at like a Fangraphs war leaderboard and see just how good Sonny was last year. Now again, I know the Twins won 14 of his 32 starts. I know statistically what that means, but I believe he was fourth in pitcher war on Fangraphs in all baseball. And then I think Pablo was like 10th. So Certainly a nice one-two punch, however you want to line it up. But I think Joe Ryan could be the yin to Pablo's yang. You tend to agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, th That always makes me giggle, though, when we do a yin and a yang, a yin and a yang. But what's the, well, what's the question? Because we want to be concise. What prospects will emerge to help the active roster in 2024? Now, I think you take the obvious out of the equation. Brooks Lee, we all know, is pretty close. But after that, you know, it gets a little interesting. Walker Jenkins is just drafted. He's 19. He's an A-ball. You got Gabby Gonzalez, who came over in the Mariners trade, who's 20 and basically in high A. But, like, Marco Raya is young. Uh, Tanner Schobel, young um, and double A or, or lower. David Festa, to me, is someone to watch. Uh, big, tall kid, 6'6", gangly, 185 pounds, but a uh, 13th round pick, pick 399 in 2021. If you could give credit to this front office for anything, they seem to be good at finding guys like that and helping them jump 
the prospect lists. You think of Cade Povich, who has been traded. Um, Cade Povich was the uh, the Jorge Lopez trade. And then they traded um, the one guy that went to Cincinnati and then has been since flipped to the Guardians. Like they've they've had a number of guys that they have like, I don't say coached up because I don't really believe in that as a saying, but like uh, I just had him here too. Why did I lose him? Anyhow, um, so they've had a number of guys who have been kind of like pop-up prospects. I think Festa is going to be that next one. I think he could be the guy for them uh, as like the next man up. If not Simeon Woods Richardson, you know, we've seen Simeon Woods Richardson. We've seen Varland. We've seen all these guys. As far as people we haven't seen yet, I think Festa is the guy to watch. I was thinking about him or Simeon Woods Richardson or Matt Canarino. Yep. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the twins have, um, good reputation for pitch development. And I, I would like to see, uh, some, one of those three guys kind of take a step with the help of the pitch development, uh, guys, squad coaching staff, and, um, they have a lot of depth, so it's not necessarily something right now that is they're in dire need of, but you know, you can always use more pitching. And it, uh, it it would behoove them to kind of make a breakthrough on on that. I think it's there's a good chance though that it could be an outfielder uh, if 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 a need arises. You know, we are, we already talked about uh, Austin Martin and uh, Brooks Lee's an infielder, but uh, you know maybe there's a couple other prospects down there too that might have to step up if uh, if the if if there's a a hole in center field, God forbid, or in left field. So mm-hmm. I think that the Twins someone is going to break through not unexpectedly, but one of these guys is going to break through and give them a lot of depth and a shot in the arm. Steve Hajar is who I was thinking of. He got flipped from the Reds to the guardians for Will Benson, another position player prospect that the guardians got away, let get away like Nolan Jones and uh junior or Caminero, the, the Rays guy. Last one is one that you submitted with Correa, apparently healthy with his feet. Are we considering how much better the twins could be with two healthy functioning superstars? I don't think we did this one. If we did, uh, we're going to revisit it. But I've been deleting them as we go. So I'm pretty sure we talked about something similar to this, but not this. But to make it quick here, uh, yeah, I do think this team has slept on for its depth in addition to its high-end talent. Yes, they still could go get a number two starter. We all agree with that. However, this is easily the most talented team in the division. Point blank, no questions asked. This is part of the hedge for not going out and getting some other big name either in the rotation or the uh, uh, in the outfield. I think they uh, Correa and Buxton fully healthy um, give the team uh, a dimension to just blow away the rest of the AL Central and make mm-hmm. them extremely formidable when the postseason comes. And it does, it does ring a bell. I think maybe we've talked about this before, but I, in some ways the, the key to the twin season, and maybe it isn't a big surprise is, is Buxton and Correa being at, at their best. And I think that's, uh, I think both of them have a chance to be uh, the best versions of, of themselves in a number of years. And what's funny is they weren't at their best last year and the twins still won the division running away. So yes. um, all of these have got me excited. I can't wait for the season to start. When Dave and I reconvene, we'll see what we have left for uh, prediction stuff, but it'll be changing gears a little bit. But hey, Dave, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate your contributions. And uh, 
let's get excited. We have some more fun spring training content coming around the bend. Thanks for hanging out with us on Locked On Twins, and we'll see you tomorrow night.